It's time to add some spice to your nooner. Nooner. <laughs> Funny. This is the place where big-time guests, bold opinions, and little cute doggies come together. This, this is Rothman and Ice. All right, let's take it and run with it. It is Rothman and Ice. We are presented by your local Pella Window and Door showroom on Gemini Parkway. Anthony Rothman, Maddie Ice Hayes, CB at the switches. Sun is shining. Oh, it's just a greenhouse in here. How are you guys doing? Doing good, man. Hope you're doing well over there. And, you know, I know we got some things we got to get to, but I just wanted to get your kind of your vibe right now on this Super Bowl because, like, obviously it's it's Wednesday and we're inching closer and closer to this thing. Yeah. And in the back of my mind, I know I have a good feeling that this has a, the potential to be a good game, but my level of excitement, I, I don't know if I'm there just yet. Where are you at? No, it's weird. I, I don't know what it is, and maybe it's because we know the atmosphere won't be Super Bowl-esque. I know they're going to have all the frontline workers, and I think that's incredible. I think it was a great idea to try to get people in there that would never be able to afford a ticket to a Super Bowl, and the people have been putting themselves in harm's way over the last year. So I think that's pretty cool. The home stadium vibe, you know, I, I guess they're not – and I don't really have a problem with them not being able to use the pirate ship. Like it's not supposed to be a home field, technically. It's the home right. field that you're playing in your home stadium. You get the comfort level. But I don't think uh, we need to be manning the, uh, you know, walking the plank up there, right? I don't no. fire that thing no. off. No, we don't need Tampa Jack Sparrow scores. up there. We're good. Yeah. We, don't, we don't need Maybe him Maybe Michael Bolton. <laughs> yeah, can have him up there. That'd be great. Now, that's it. You want to you drop an SNL skit on yourself today on YouTube, go ahead and go with Michael Bolton. And, and figure uh, that out for yourself. How's YouTube been treating you, man? I know it's been a nice little new little uh, lane you've discovered recently over the last couple of years. Anything new? You know, I'm kind of away from, you know, the stuff that I was really getting dragged into. Basically, now I'm just all over either SNL skits, Family Guy, uh, you know, little little snippets, Soprano snippets. Mm. All like probably about I probably run through about maybe eight or nine Sopranos little snippets per night before I nod off into the netherworld. So that's kind of where I... So I'm looking through my stuff right now. Yep, slow motion laugh scenes, the Sopranos. Uh, what else do I have in here? Bunch of Family Guy. Mm. Uh, I didn't know you liked Family Guy. I didn't know that was I, a thing You know what? I don't you. even know how many episodes there have been a Family Guy, and it hasn't really been a thing for me. I, okay. I think I just jumped back in. I'm not a... No, I'm not one of those guys that was dedicated to the family guy. Now, I did happen to see recently the Peter Griffin v. Homer Simpson fight again. Mm. That was pretty good. Okay. I'm, gonna, I'm now going to refer to every good fight as, was it better than Peter Griffin v. Homer Simpson? <laughs> if it wasn't better than that, I don't want to hear about it. Oh, my goodness. So that's now, kind of that. I've got, what else do I have? I'm just going to kind of search. I, I think I just have a lot of Sopranos. I got some other stuff I can't tell you about. Mm. Um, That's the stuff I do I like the hear. I do like the Family Guy Barry Manilow episode. That's one of my favorites because it's okay. old school. You wouldn't get that, but I I thought it was amazing. You Actually, know, I, the most underrated part about that is when Barry Manilow pulls Quagmire out of the audience because he's trying to find someone that has a two syllable name to 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 be like Mandy, so he can put your name into man into the song so the women that are screaming out like i'm claire and i'm you know uh emily he's like no it won't work need a two-syllable name and then it's like peter quagmire 
He goes, you know, that's kind of exotic. Let's bring Quagmire down. And he starts singing to Quagmire. But before he does that, he finishes a song. And Barry Manilow, I think as his own, I think he sounded it. He did the whole voice for it. Barry Manilow says, thank you, thank you. And all you hear is Peter Griffin, you're welcome. <laughs> it's, one of the, it's one of the most subtle, great lines of any episode of The Family Guy when you have an entertainer when people are applauding for them, say thank you, and Peter says, you're welcome. <laughs> it's one of the great ones. <laughs> no, uh, I'm, I'm glad that, that you, you revealed that because I didn't know that was a thing. But my question, my follow-up question was yeah. going to be, I know there were people that were kind of interested in, in your The Office journey. Are we done with that? Is that completely put to bed? Did we lose interest? Because I know that got you going a little bit, and you were excited about that for a little while, and I haven't heard a thing from you about no, The I Office. I really haven't. That was the pandemic powerhouse, The Office, for me. <laughs> and I don't. this is what happened. So I got sidetracked on Cobra Kai. And I ah. blew through those, the three seasons. Fantastic. Right up my alley. I mean, perfect. Anyone that lived through the Karate Kid at that time, at that age, or right around there, that's where the nostalgia really hits. I, Cobra Kai is fine. It's, it's, it's as, as I put it this way, it's as corny as it is fabulous, but it really is fabulous for the people that lived through it originally and now are near the age of Daniel and Johnny Lawrence and so you can relive it again as them at their age, which is very cool. The Office was taken off Netflix. Yeah, that was. A it problem. ended. It ended. Yeah. When did it end? And at the oh, end of the year, I think top the of the, of the year January. Was yeah, yeah, at the top of the year. So I did not make it. I didn't make the ending. Okay. So now it's on what Peacock or wherever it is. No, I don't even yeah. know what Peacock's all about. Yeah. I see the commercial all the time. I haven't invested any of my time trying to figure out what the heck it's they're a presenting. Bird but with they... great colorful feathers, but that's <laughs> exactly. not important right now. <laughs> exactly. Um, what I I am probably in. Let me go through. I'm probably in season five of The Office. Okay. Okay. I'm somewhere in between. I would say. Maybe the weight loss episode, and somewhere around, uh, you know, framing Toby or something like that. I can't okay. remember. Anyway, right. so well, that's good, where I'm good. No, that's good. I'm. Well, I, I, only I, I, sat there. What? How many seasons? Ten, I don't know. Nine? I'm not an, a, yeah. an office guy, so I, I'm trying to follow along with you to gauge your interest to see if that's going to transfer over to me because I've been trying to find uh -huh. new things to get into with football season winding down and we've got the Jackets and Buckeye hoops going on. Mm -hmm. But outside of that, I'm trying to find something new. I started firing up this new show on Netflix called Fate. It's about these witches, and it's like, to me, it's like Stranger Things meets Harry Potter meets a little bit of the Hunger Games. So that's where I am right now. But outside of that, that's all I got for you. I'm watching yeah. Fate right now on Netflix. Yeah. Well, it was better than watching the Jackets last night. Yeah. yeah I right. mean, I stayed with it. In fact, yeah. I didn't. I wasn't. A, I was about to tweet at five three. Like, things just got somewhat interesting. And then I'm like, eh, just wait. You know, don't jinx it. Let them get to 5-4. Then you can talk about how interesting things are. And they almost did. With plenty of time left, too. And if they make it 5-4, my whole feeling is they do get a point out of that game last night. They didn't. They didn't really deserve it, I guess. And we're kind of back into the this situation of... And you and I talked about with Liney. I thought Liney was great. We'll talk about him. I mean, he hit Cam streaking in. Just didn't stay on a stick or would have been a great chance. 
just a horrendous way to end the first. You know, absolutely nothing on the power play, and they pick up a double minor to end it with Borky with a high stick. Yeah. Then you got to go kill four minutes, and that didn't take long. And that didn't take long in the second. You know, you lose a faceoff, another puck into the deflection area, the screen on Corby, just way too easy. Those are the kind of – and I, I'm just screaming, man, those are the kind of goals I want. That's what I want. That's what I want for the Jackets. And I've admitted, they're not the most skillful team from top to bottom. We want to be a lunch pail group, get below the goal line, four check, out physical, you know, outwork teams, create chances, hope to get some rebound goals. They've gone against some pretty good goaltenders, but you know, dig themselves a hole the way they did last night. It's tough. And you and I said it with line A. And I know people had him predicted scoring and multiple point night and all that. In a weird way, and by the way, that slap shot almost took Kamano out of the game. I mean, that, yeah. that went off his leg. Mm-hmm. And then when Jonesy got the power play wrister from out top and made it 2-1, I'm like, wow, okay, now settle in. Just settle in. You've weathered this storm, and we're still celebrating the goal. And Zach and Sabby come together below the line, like, you know, knocking their heads together, and the puck flies up like a jump ball, and Miko tries to swat it and he gets part of it and it goes right in front like Pavelski with the feed right in front and it's 3-1 we're still announcing the 2-1 goal at that it's so deflating yeah they had so many that right there in that and that that's the chance at 2-1 they score a power play goal you've settled in that was the time where I think they could have stolen momentum back and it didn't happen. And uh, you get down 5-1, and then you're like, lights out. But I'll right. give them you know, some – there's no moral victory here, but you know you're playing the same team on Thursday, so you don't want to just mail it in. And that's yeah. why he pulled Corpy. Yeah. Because if, if you're going to – if all those deflections were going to happen or the, the defense was going to let him down or whatever it was going to be, you can't – and Torts has said this before, I can't have him eat an 8-9 goal game, mm-hmm. like if, especially if I want to go back to him on Thursday. At least right. at the very minimum, give him the rest. Yeah. Just pull him. And yeah. so, man, yeah. when Delzato at 5-3, and then I'll let you come in here, 5-3, nine-minute mark, somewhere around there, Delzato comes in sliding. It's like a sliding shot, and it hops past Cam on the back post. It, I think I think Ottinger had a blocker. He got a piece of it. Yeah. You could, that was, that was going to be a one-goal game with nine or ten minutes to go. And so I kind of stayed with it. He broke up his pairings. The lines didn't last. We'll ask him about it at 2.30. But I thought Line A was the ultimate team guy last night, almost to a fault, and I think he admitted it. New teammates, didn't want to hog the puck, wanted to get guys involved. It's like that first dinner, Maddie, you had at the girlfriend's parents' house. Hmm. You're just trying to be the good guy. You're not asking for triples of something. You don't want to be the pig. You don't want to go in there and, and, and have stuff all over your shirt. You want to be like, oh, this is a polite guy. Look at him eating. No elbows on the table. Oh, what a polite young man this is. Oh, he, you know, he's not like you know, destroying his plate mm. and asking for more right away. That was Line last night. He went to the girlfriend's parents and wanted to act like the perfect dinner guest. Yeah. We need him to be more than that. Hog the puck. And I think he will be. And, you know, we mentioned yesterday, or Lisa, I brought it up, that it's going to take some time with everything when it comes to line A. But I thought there were some good flashes from him yesterday. And I think the the thing I loved, they are he was getting physical out there, hitting some guys 
early on, which I love to see because we talk so much about what he can do on offense, and I think that will come. And I know he racked up a couple shots last night. I'm not worried about that at all. So the feeling out process, not only for Line A, but everyone around Line A is going to take time. And there's so many new faces that have been kind of implemented into this season throughout the season. That's tough. And when you don't have practices and you can't do things off the ice that you're used to doing, whether it's dinner or movies or all that stuff we hear about with teammates, mm-hmm. that stuff, you know, it's got to matter a little bit. It absolutely does. When you talk about Domi and Koivu and Jack and Del Zotto and Lyle, it's just the list goes on and on with everything that they've got going on. But they're not going to make excuses. We know Torches are going to make excuses. And yesterday, when you go up against a club like Dallas, who we know is a good club, you can't fall behind the way they did in the second period, especially you know when, when you can have moments throughout a season where you struggle offensively. We know that's a bit of a weakness, at least right now, with where the CBJ are. And you, you touched on one of the moments that jumped out to me, and it was a painful moment there. That opportunity Cam had there right at the doorstep, which is tough, off that deflection. But the Domi passed to Tex right there uh, early on, right there at the doorstep. It was a great pass, I thought, from Max. And Tex, I think it rang off the post there. And that's what you and I mm-hmm. always talk about, is the hockey gods, for whatever reason, don't let those goals go in for us but that wasn't the end all be all to the game it was just the little things that they got to do better for checking and all those little things to not get behind because the team the club were just not built like that especially against a good team like Dallas so it was tough man they hung in there in the first period but that second period was kind of all she wrote and then you mentioned the five to three vibe it gets you going just a little bit but still overall it was just kind of a yucky feeling when you leave the second period with that score on the scoreboard and you know through four 40 minutes of play, Dallas is out shooting you 27 to 14. So we'll see what they do. Like you say, they get Dallas again, but they cannot afford to have second periods, you know, periods the way they had last night in the second period. Oh, micro, Dallas is a very good team made to the right. cup final. There's, there's right. not, I'm not going to say there's a lot of shame losing to them. Here's the shame. I don't mind losing to a better team. I really don't. I really don't. I don't want them to have a lot more shots than me. I don't want them to have a lot more high danger shots than me. I understand they're better on the power play, so you got to stay out of the box. I don't want to get four-checked to death, and that's what happened. They were. I don't want a team to come in here and be more physical. The old route, nobody comes into our house and pushes us around. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to lose. Lose the old-fashioned way. Get beat. Don't get outworked. That's that is really an extreme of your identity. We'll talk yeah. more about it. Got a lot to do. We got Shefty at one thirty-three. Brady the Bachelor, I'll tell you about that. Uh, Favre thinks he has Urban's pick form. And the Ryan Day Super Bowl story we just heard was intense and it deserved about eight follow-ups. That's next. Rothman and Ice on the fan. Two men, no pads. Oh, my God. Common Man and T-Bone. Weekday afternoons from 3 to 6. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Old school and new school. Joining forces to give you an education. This is Rothman and Ice. All right, guys. I'm going to keep encouraging you to make your health a priority in 2021. A lot easier than you think at Low T Center. Reinventing the doctor's visit. Quick and easy. Get all your levels checked. All of them. Not just your testosterone levels. They offer a comprehensive health assessment. So you know all the numbers important to your health. All that tiredness, grumpiness. Send it away. Lack of motivation and drive, maybe some poundage. I get it. Could be signs of low T, maybe low thyroid, maybe sleep apnea. 
Low T Center will help determine the cause of your symptoms and will help you get back to feeling your best. It all starts with their quick and easy health assessment. It's covered by most health insurance. Low T Center, exclusively for us dudes, and they now offer monitored self-injected home testosterone treatments if you need them, and that'll provide you the convenience and the safety you want. Even a take-home blood pressure monitoring cuff, self-injected home treatments, one thirty-five a month for self-pay are covered by most health insurance. Schedule your assessment now. Go to LowTCenter.com, LowTCenter, reinventing men's health care. Ryan Day at the end of the recruiting uh, wrap-up there, and we'll do a lot of recruiting with Bill Green from Buckeye Scoop at 205 today, get you caught up on everything, dropped a very interesting story. Uh, Maddie, did you catch that at all? I actually did not catch it, so I'm curious for you to fill me in. So they, Paul and Jim were talking about Brady, and Brady is 43 and Ryan is 41. And they asked him about him, and, and you know, being a dude from New Hampshire, he was a huge Pats fan. He said his grandfather had season tickets. and He said that just on a flyer, he and, a, and his friends bought one-way tickets to New Orleans for Brady's first Super Bowl, didn't have tickets or a flight home, somehow they got into the dome, watched Vinatieri kick the field goal, and went home somehow and got home. It's a great story. You want to know everything from what happened in the middle. Yeah. Like after the game and how excited you were and where did you party and then what happened when it dawned on you that now we'll just I guess we'll just get a one-way ticket home we'll worry about it when we have to (laughs) it's one of the great deals it's like when I told you guys you know that when I visited my my buddy who worked in Reno the biggest little city in the world hey you want to go to Tahoe and go skiing and then go over to to San Fran go to Fisherman's Wharf hit Alcatraz sure why not Let's go skiing in Lake Tahoe. We get to Lake Tahoe. Well, what are we going to wear? Well, I'm just going to ski in my jeans. Ski in your jeans? Well, how could you do that? I'm like, why not? Well, if you fall, it's going to suck. Well, I won't fall. He's from Jersey. He skis in his jeans. That's what they did, Maddie. It's a great story, and I want to hear every last minute of it. It's a really good story. Definitely a bold strategy there by Coach Day. No doubt about it. That's a bold strategy. And I think the angle that I'm really interested in is the finesse into the stadium because that's a (laughs) highly, you know, there's a ton of people there. I'm sure there's a ton of security. I've never been to a Super Bowl, so I, I, I hear all the good stories about how fun that can be. But the, the security levels there, I'm sure, had to be through the roof. So how you get into a Super Bowl without a Super Bowl ticket? Well, no, Super- I think they got a ticket. Okay. They went there okay. without tickets. The point, the, maybe the question is, who, like, how much was the ticket? Correct. Once you got in. Yeah, right. they couldn't have snuck in. They okay, got no, t- because Somehow that's they incredible. bought tickets and got in. I don't know, or they were giving them free from somebody. I don't know how, but that that's it's incredible. Uh, I mean, I don't watch know. a Super Bowl hero, Vinatieri, and then his idol Brady, and win that one against the Rams was 
pretty impressive. I don't know if I could go anywhere with my friends on a one-way ticket because mm. the anxiety that I would be feeling the entire trip would just be through the roof. And I wouldn't be able to enjoy anything because all I'd be thinking about is how the heck are we getting back to Columbus? I don't know. It's a, it's a, look, it's an incredible experience, an incredible story he's got. But man, I would be that one friend looking around saying, fellas, what are we doing? This ain't it. This ain't it. Oh, no. When you're young, you do it. Who cares? Worry about it later. That's a great story. No, I'm all for it. I'm all for that. We did the same thing. I mean, it's no, I can't that's do fine. That. I can't Who do cares? that. That's way too risky for me going to New Orleans, Bourbon Risked Street. No might biscuit. lose a couple friends after the game, you know, the party and going all to the oh, clubs hangover? and everything. Yeah, the like hangover? I can't take yeah. the risk, right? That's what we need. That's what we need for you, Maddie. We need a little hangover two action. Find out where everybody is afterward. Uh, Brady supposedly kicked his family out of the house for 12 days. Good. Did you hear about this? Yeah, I heard about that. Um, He's home alone. He's Macaulay Culkin. And everyone says the family left him alone, and he's got a huge house, and why couldn't he just go into another area of the house? It's a million miles of square footage and all that. I pointed this out to you about three or four days ago about the serious nature of this, and God forbid somebody comes down with COVID. To me, this is less, and I, I could be totally wrong about this, it's less about him wanting to focus. There's places in his house he can go and focus and be left alone. To me, this is more about, I can't be around you guys because if you go live your life or Giselle goes to the grocery store or the kids play with a friend and come back, I can't afford to be exposed yeah. to COVID. That, to me, because I know everyone was pitching this as, Oh, well, he's so dedicated, and it's, it's all about prepping for the Super Bowl, and you needed 12 days of solitary confinement to go over tape and all that because they're not leaving until this weekend. I get that part. That, to me, is a nice effect from it. My point is, the second he made it to the Super Bowl, it was bubble wrap city, I'm bachelor guy for 12 days, and, do me, and they were all about it. They're all on Team Brady. We get it. To me, it was more about that than I need quiet time. Yeah, no, I am fully with you. Look at the kids, say, say, take all the avocado ice cream you need out of the freezer that's going to hold you guys over until I get done with this thing. And then I'll see you then. It makes all the sense in the world what you said. I am fully in your camp. I think that's what it's all about. And look, I'm sure there's some other players that have made similar moves like this throughout the season to, you know, not be around family and friends like that, just to stay locked in because it absolutely is a big risk. If you go around anybody, you can get it anywhere, man. It doesn't have to just be, you know, whatever type of content coughing on you whatever it's a risky thing what we're dealing with we all know it and I understand where Tom Brady is the story that I would like to believe is that Tom was looking at this as man this is my last weekend of freedom to where I don't have to watch the kids all day I don't have to be around Giselle all day this is my last weekend with the fellas until I'm back on full dad Mm -hmm. duty it's when that clock hits triple zeros on Sunday Tom is back to daddy duty and i think that's what it is mm. give me my last couple weeks alone get out of here because you guys are gonna be running me crazy running me around like crazy wow. after the game that's what i want to so you did the reverse part of it you you decided that being away from giselle for a week was less about dedication and more about the pizza sweats and watching Correct. playing video games and yes. watching hbo and staying up late yes okay give me my like free a va- time. more of a vacation from the family I'm with that. I think that's where Tom's mentality is correct. All right. We'll come back with uh, details on the big prop contest for the fan and Adam Schefter. Rothman and Ice on the fan. On air. Online. On the app. New methods of consumption. Same great radio taste. Take us with you everywhere. The fan, Ohio sports destination. NFL. 
NFL Playbook with ESPN's Adam Schefter. All right, here he is, Super Bowl week. Senior NFL insider for ESPN, our guy Adam Schefter. He's on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Shefty, welcome. Hello there, guys. What's going on? We have arrived at Super Sunday, and I don't know what the lead is, whether it's that game or the trades and... uh, First of all, great work on the trade, on the Stafford uh, golf situation. That was incredible. You were all over that. And I want to ask you this. From the people you talked to about that trade, how much did, I guess, the Rams need to come up from their initial offer, do you feel? Was there a lot of movement there in that trade, or was it pretty much face value? They knew what it would take, and that's what they offered. How much did McVay, who clearly liked golf, not that long ago, have to convince ownership to really throw everything at Stafford? Well, that's a very good question, Anthony. What I would say is Sean McVay and the Rams owner Stan Kroenke had a conversation Saturday afternoon in which they upped their offer to come in where it did. Now that that offer was Jared Goff and two ones and a three. Now the two ones are in future years. So the way the NFL views these deals usually is this, that, a one in 2022 is worth a two this year. Um, and so you, you kind of discount it by a year, if that makes any sense. So the, the one in 2023 probably is worth a three right now, this year. I mean, that's just how the league looks at these things. And so they didn't get a one this year, the Lions, but they did get the former number one overall pick, Jared Goff. They did get a three this year, and then they got two future ones. So it's a lot, but I feel like the Rams felt like they were getting the quarterback they identified, wanted, and there was no need to wait on him. You know, Shefty, uh, I wanted to ask you about specifically Jared Goff on the Detroit side of things because the focus obviously is Matthew Stafford and him going to the Rams. A lot of people think that's going to be fun to watch. But from the people that you've talked to involved with this trade on the Detroit side of things, their belief in Jared Goff in the future, is that something they're all in on, or are they viewing him as more of a bridge situation to the next guy? I think it's probably somewhere between the two, if that makes any sense. I think Jared Goff will have an opportunity to go to Detroit, play well, and impress them. And if he does that, they'd love for him to be their quarterback for the future. But they, you know, Dan Campbell, the new head coach there, he's never worked with them. The new head coach, the new GM, Brad Holmes, came from the Rams. He knows Jared Goff. Uh, but the coaching staff doesn't really know Jared Goff too well. The offensive coordinator, Anthony Lynn, um, they're waiting to see what they have in Jared Goff. They'd love for him to be the guy going forward. Uh, they hope he can be, but I don't think they can answer that right now. Adam Schefter with us, ESPN Senior NFL Insider. All right, are you anticipating that a Sean Watson standoff is going to go the distance? Is this going to go 15 rounds? And why did Nick Casario... Uh, Almost sounds like he wants to play hardball here and and force him to hold out the way he was describing him. Like, they love him so much, but he's one of the guys that they have on their team almost. He called him a player when he said, we're not trading the player. Almost like he's their property. That's how I took it. Yeah, I didn't like that word choice for him. And, And I don't think Nick Casario meant that as an insult in any way. I think... He was talking the way that he has been programmed and learned to talk from his days in New England. That's how New England thinks. Hey, you know, you're the player, and, and, and this is how it's going to work. But in this day and age, 
uh, that comment doesn't come across the right way. And you are not the only one to notice that. And I don't think there's anything intentional, malicious about that comment at all from Nick, but it came across in a certain way that was perceived by other people in the way that you're talking. And, yep. and so when you ask about that situation, what I would say is this, that today on February 3rd, the Houston Texans have no intention of trading Deshaun Watson. I think that's true. And I think that they believe that. You now, know, pick- Sorry, Shifty. Go ahead, man. Now, will they feel that way on March 3rd and April 3rd? And I, 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 I don't know that we can tell that right now. Piggybacking off of that Deshaun Watson question, yesterday I saw Derek Carr's name pop up. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the Raiders quarterback involving, you know, Deshaun Watson potentially. Now, there's obviously going to be a ton of reports about Deshaun because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of teams interested in this. Have you heard anything about Las Vegas wanting to move off of Derek Carr? And how does Marcus Mariota fit into the future plans out there for Gruden and company? Well, I have not heard about them moving off him. Doesn't mean that they won't. Uh, I think the way that I would assess that situation is that John Gruden, you know, loves quarterbacks. You know, there there are some guys that love women, and there are some people that love quarterbacks. Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, that John Gruden's just always looking at quarterbacks. Um, I, I don't know. You know, Derek Carr's played well. Derek Carr's played well. I don't know how that's going to unfold just yet. I, I honestly, I was so focused on Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford and. Mm-hmm. Sean Watson and Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr just been down the list. I just hadn't gotten to him yet. <laughs> no, that that makes sense. I mean, we we prioritize these weapons and what they mean to different teams, and I, I wouldn't fault you for that. Anything new on the Super Bowl front? We know that the Kansas City had a couple of uh, maybe contact yeah. tracing dudes, and I know we got some injury stuff to talk about with maybe Antonio Brown and Winfield. Uh, give us the up-to-date stuff you've heard about the Super Bowl. Yeah, well, there are two close contacts for Kansas City. That you know that was really close because what happened was uh, there were a bunch of chiefs that had haircut appointments in the facility that day with a barber. The barber had passed five full days of tests, but his point of care test from that morning hadn't come back, and then it came back positive. And so they rushed in to cancel all the haircutting appointments. And Daniel Kilgore, they, they were halfway through Daniel Kilgore's hair. I mean, he got half a haircut before the haircutter got pulled. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's just that's the world we're living in. That's, that's how it works. It's that quick and that sudden. And, and I think the feeling is that the Chiefs will get back Kilgore, they'll get back to Marcus Robinson, but those guys will have to test negative this week. And so uh, their Super Bowl fate is hanging in the balance. Uh, due to the close contact that they had with the haircutter, who was, by the way, double-masked. So we'll see. We were talking yesterday about Dak, and there's so much quarterback stuff going on right now. That story is kind of on the back burner at the moment, I think, for a lot of people. But if I I ask you this, Shefty, more likely to happen for Dak, the franchise tag again or a new deal, what do you think happens? Franchise tag. Um, Mm -hmm. And I hope that it can get – to a new deal, but you know they spent two years trying to get a new deal and they haven't been able to do it. So what makes you think they're going to do it now? Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, they're going to try. I, I guess Dak's perspective is a little different coming up the injury, and the Cowboys' mm-hmm. perspective might be a little different with the cap being down. But um, there's a lot there. There's a lot there right now. So 
Um, we'll see if they can figure that out. Both sides would like to get it worked out, figured out, go on together, but they have not been able to do that in two full years. So we'll see. You think Antonio Brown's going to be available for the Super Bowl? I don't know that they know that yet. Um, I was told they wanted to see how he looked Wednesday and Thursday before making a decision, which in and of itself tells me that it's a real question, right? Like if they don't know going into Wednesday and Thursday, that tells you that they don't know. Sammy Watkins, on the other hand, you know, it's a calf. They've been care- they, they, they feel optimistic. He said he's optimistic that he'll be able to play. So we'll see how this all shakes out. Uh, let me get your. Uh, are you ready to give a prediction on the big one? I, you know, I, I just think the Chiefs are the best team in football. But there's a guy that I know, a friend of mine. Who, you know, he, I'm not a better. He's a better. Mm-hmm. And better, better, betters are better prognosticators than reporters are prognosticators. <laughs> I would lean more on him. So my immediate reaction was, well. Chiefs are the best team in football. Like They're really good, and they played great the last game, even though they haven't played their best football this year. Maybe they've been waiting to dial it up until the postseason. And then the better friend said to me, it's Tampa. And I said, Tampa? And he said, yeah. He said they won three straight row games. They're coming home, Tampa. And I gotta tell, I, I don't have a strong feeling when you're picking the game. And, and I'm uncomfortable picking it because I won't be surprised if either team wins, and nobody knows, nobody, that ball is going to bounce, and things are going to happen, and due to a few breaks, that's who's going to win the game. I think, yeah. unless some team just comes out and takes it to the, and I don't think that's going to happen. I, I think both these teams are good enough to win. Yeah. All right, but I'm putting you down for Kansas City, though. Um, no. Oh. I think I think I, I was all Kansas City until this guy kind of. Spooked me, and if, if, if you're going to put me down for somebody, I'm, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to go, as they say, with the smart money. <laughs> you put a lot of you put a lot of faith in this in the Invisible Man here. We'd like to meet this guy. This guy sounds like he, if Adam Schefter is going to be swayed off his pick with all the inside information you get. All right, we got to we got to tap into this dude. The one thing I've learned it's information is it doesn't translate into picking games. Okay. <laughs> It translates into getting stories about quarterbacks. It translates into getting stories about hirings and firing. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't translate into picking games because nobody knows and nobody can pick these games. All right, I, I got think. you. I got you in for Tampa now, but at yeah. least you're on the record for initially liking Kansas City. So I don't think you can lose. I, right, and and, and that, <laughs> that's how it should. I really don't know who's going to win the game, and I'll be watching everybody else. All right, my friend, thanks for jumping on. Enjoy Super Sunday, and we will dissect it with you next week. Guys, enjoy the game. Should be a great one. Thanks for having me. Be well, stay safe, and we'll talk next Wednesday. Awesome. Thanks, Shefty. Well done. Shefty was on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Maddie speaking of Super Sunday. Prop me. Let's make the big game more interesting, AR. Head to 971thefan.com and check out the Lions Den Super Props Contest. Enter 15 props for the big game, including things like predicting the coin toss and you're in the running for a trip to Las Vegas. And best of all, it's free to play. Head to 971thefan.com right now, sponsored by the Lions Den, celebrating 50 years of providing you with pleasure, passion, and romance.
Mm. Like to romance your way to Vegas. We'll come back with the Buckeye Bulletin. Will there be a spring game? We'll tell you what they're thinking about, and we'll set the table on the recruiting front. Rothman and Ice on the fan. This is Ohio State football coach Ryan Day on your home for Buckeye football, the fan. The fan. Ohio sports destination. Rothman and Ice present. Sponsored by Logan AC and Heat Services. Feeling the chill? Call the experts at Logan Services now for hot deals on train furnaces, including 0% APR for 60 months. All right, Buckeye Bolton time, and we will get into the 2021 class in the deeper dive. Kind of give you the recap on the the dudes, the hay is in the barn on, on these guys. But spring practice and a spring game, they're hoping. Here's Coach on that. We're kind of projecting out right now. It's, it's, it's kind of a soft schedule uh, based on a lot of things. But, um, you know, we're hoping that we can play the spring game, uh, possibly that April 17th weekend, probably start, um, you know, middle of March and have probably four weeks of spring ball. Uh, that's not set in stone right now, but that's what we're targeting. All right, so spring game tentatively April 17th, start mid-March. And who knows? We're all in the same boat, right? We get that. Uh, but that's something to look forward to. He also had to come off that game against Bama and have to re-dissect it again, not from a, a standpoint of what I would have done differently, but what I can do moving forward. And here he is on some coaching moves addressing that secondary. And coming off of that last game, coming off of this season, I think that's something we had to do. So, uh, you know, you could bring in somebody – to replace Greg, Greg was more in the run game. He, he worked time. He spent time with the linebackers. I think Al Washington did an excellent job with the linebackers. So his role is going to increase this season. And with he and Larry, I mean, they're really going to. I thought they did an excellent job last year of really with the front and the backers. Um, so now they're going to lose that that presence with Greg in there. But now Matt comes in full time and sport spends more time with the back end. So it does two things there: continuity, but then more of a focus on the back end. All right, so they're they're not gonna they're taking responsibilities off Kerry's plate, right? As far as he can focus more on the coordinating. And Matt Barnes was a safety coach and special teams coordinator who they really like coaching the back end. We'll get to do that. So maybe uh, less is more in this case, but he did not go ahead and slash and burn the defensive staff. Yeah, and I wonder, you know, what challenges, you know, would have been brought to his table, you know, if you had to go around the country and fly around or try to talk to all these coaches and interview all those coaches. In a normal year, you'd be able to do that a lot smoother than what you can right now. But continuity, obviously, is going to be a big thing for them over there. And I know that that national championship game has left a bad taste, you know, in a lot of Buckeye fans' mouth. But I'm sure the staff and the players over there, man, that's a thing that you can't get away from, you know, when you lose in that game on that stage. So we'll see what this is going to look like. We'll all be in wait-and-see mode, whether it comes to this or the quarterbacks and everything like that. But I know this is something they, they got to get fixed because the way that they were giving it up in some games obviously ain't going to cut it. So offensively, I think there's going to be a lot of confidence there. But defensively, I know myself personally, I'll be in wait-and-see mode to see what this secondary and the defense as a whole looks like uh, going into next year. Yeah. No, there's – I mean, not many teams could stand up against Alabama. And like I said earlier about the Jackets, you don't mind getting beat to better players. But you don't want to get, get out-schemed. And you don't want to make it easy, and it just looked too easy yeah. for Alabama. And that's why he's got to refocus this thing. He's also going to have some competition, certainly at running back, because he'll have Henderson coming in 
as the highly touted freshman and then certainly Master Teague as well. Here he is on the running backs. A lot of depth, a lot, a lot, of, a lot of guys, but um, certainly a lot of talent. And, and we're going to um, – what a, what a um, great opportunity this spring excuse me, this spring to, to have these guys go compete. And we're going to try to do the best we can to simulate games as much as possible in the spring to get a feel for where these guys are at. But, you know, Master comes back, which, uh, you know, which is great. He brings some experience to the table. Uh, Marcus Crowley now is coming off of that ACL, so now we get to see the best version of him. Um, Mayan really popped this year, showed some great things. And then, uh, and then now, now you know, uh, Steele Steel is, is going to get uh, an opportunity to compete. And then, and then you have the two young guys. And I know that they're coming in here to play as well. So, like you said, um, you know, a lot of depth there, but an opportunity for these guys to compete. And, and uh, it's going to be exciting to watch. So Master gets the next man up feel to all of this. But Travion Henderson is going to push him and push him fast. Five-star kid. And like he said, Pryor and Mayan Williams and Crowley, you're going to have a lot in there to see if they can find the bell cow, Matty. Can't wait to see how this unfolds because, you know, I was big on the flashes that we saw from Mayan Williams, and they were just flashes. We didn't see him get a ton of work, but when you look at how that dude is built and you look at the punishment that he can give to a defense and the agility that he showed, even in that very small sample size that we got of him in the Clemson game, I was really impressed in that third carry that he had where he slipped. There was a lot of daylight there, so I was impressed with him, but you mentioned Henderson. That's an exciting exciting guy that's coming in with a ton of talent master cheeks a vet that's been holding it down followed up by some other guys around him that have been around the program so a fun competition uh coming up not only at the quarterback position but the running back position as well that is today's buckeye bulletin we'll do a lot of recruiting with bill green a buckeye scoop when we come back I want to remind you about t-mobile it's time for you to jump in and connect with t-mobile and their network it's absolutely great they merged with sprint And so they have their best network ever now, Columbus. They've added a million square miles of expanded LTE coverage across the country. They've got more towers, more engineers, more coverage than ever before. So the bottom line is T-Mobile is with me and you in even more places. And, of course, that includes right here in CBUS. So there's never really been a better time to join T-Mobile, jump into the speed. They're upgrading their network at a record pace. They were the first to bring 5G nationwide. Coverage not available in some areas, so visit tmobile.com to learn more. Sports Center update, top of the hour, and then Ohio State's 2021 class next. Rothman and Ice on the fan. If you consider yourself a Buckeye fan, you've come to the right place. This is your heritage sports talker and home of Ohio State Athletics, the fan, Ohio's sports destination. Most shows just skim the surface, but Rothman and I feel like the biggest story of the day deserves a closer look. It's time for a deeper dive. All right, welcome back in, Rothman and Ice. Anthony Rothman, Matty Ice-Hayes, CB, all present and accounted for. We'll have Bill Green, a Buckeye scoop in moments. Wanted to mention this. Brett Favre is trying to stay relevant here and weigh in when he's asked. I think TMZ found him, you know, Super Bowl week and all that. And they asked him what he thinks Jacksonville should do, I guess, at pick number one. I mean, the obvious question would be, which quarterback? You know what he came back with, Matty? Oh, I saw it. He goes, I take Bama receiver Devontae Smith. <laughs> Last games I've watched this guy play, I mean, I'm blown away with how good knowing the teams know that he's getting the ball and he dominates. I think you guys, I think you go with a guy like that. You know what this is? This is him thinking like he's the quarterback. That's what he's thinking. This isn't him. 
here's the follow-up to Brett Favre. If you own the team, if you own Jacksonville, is that who you'd want your guys to take? Right. Before knowing who's quarterbacking your team? He can't throw himself the ball. And I know he's great. Sometimes it comes down to timing of where your franchise is. And they are picking a franchise quarterback at one. It doesn't mean Devontae Smith will not go on to be a great receiver. But you do not, when you are quarterback starved, and there's a ready-made one in the draft, and you're picking number one, you don't come off of that. It's just too important. The position, the priority of the position is way higher. And I'm surprised, as a quarterback, he wouldn't see that. It doesn't, it's pretty obvious to say that Devontae Smith is a beast. He was. We saw him. Ohio State got to know him pretty well. And so, but I'm, I'm a little surprised that he would say I would pick that dude on a quarterback needy team. Yeah, I'm out on this take from Mr. Yeah. Copperfit. Like, I didn't understand mm. this at all. Like, I really didn't. Here's another quote, you know, from this little piece mm-hmm. here. He's saying, nothing against Trevor Lawrence, but I think you can find a free agent guy or a guy oh. in the later rounds or mid rounds <laughs> in the draft, but you just don't find a guy like Smith. He could be a Jerry Rice. He could be different. Could be a Randy Moss. So there you go. He said he's a total game changer, but again, a different style of player, just an incredible player. And I would say to Brett Favre, yeah, he could be Jerry Rice, but guess what? Trevor Lawrence could also be the next great quarterback in the sport, which is much Mm -hmm. more important than a wide receiver. So I'm out on this take from Brett Favre. No, I can't understand it at all. Wow. He's a quarterback, and he wants the weapon, but he's not playing anymore, and he doesn't have anything to do with Jacksonville. We go to the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline and welcome in our friend from Buckeye Scoop. He is Bill Green, and he is the man with a plan. Bill, welcome back. Hey, good to be with you guys. Okay, as long as we're talking quarterbacks, before we get to recruiting, how big of a competition do you think this will be for the Buckeye starter this year? You know the guys they had. You know where they were recruited and how they were thought of coming into this program. What do you, who do you think is going to lead Ohio State this fall? I think it'll be C.J. Stroud. I really like him. I think they like him a lot, too. Um, Jack Miller's going to challenge him. I think C.J. is the more talented player. I think he was clearly the number two guy this year. And, you know, people are excited about both of them, and they should be. But the guy that they've got coming in next year as a freshman, Mm -hmm. Kyle McCord, is not to be slept on. And I know people are really high on C.J. Stroud. They're excited as can be about Quinn Ewers in the 2022 class, and they should be. But I'm just telling you, don't sleep on Kyle McCord being a starter at Ohio State at some point in his career because he can make every throw. He's got the size. He's got the intelligence. He's got everything you need, you know, to be a star QB at the college level. So I'm just telling you, that's a guy not to be – that's a guy you don't want to sleep on. All right. We'll remember that, Bill. It's going to be fun to see how this <laughs> unfolds, man. Looking at this 2021 20, uh, class, Bill, I'm going to pick North Grad. So I, I got to ask you about Jack Sawyer. I think there's a lot of people locally excited about him, obviously, going to Ohio State. But do you think this is a guy that could make an impact as a true freshman from what you've seen? Absolutely. I mean, I, I and I really think Zach Harrison and Tyreek Smith are on the verge of taking a big leap. I think we saw Tyreek at the end of the year last year, you know, really take his game upward. He had a heck of a game against Clemson. He couldn't play against Bama, which was a shame. 
And I thought Zach Harrison had a really good year last year and, and kind of went unnoticed from people. But with Jack, Jack will be on the field next year. Um, you hate to tag kids because he's still a kid in high school. But to me, he's the third Bosa. I saw Nick. I saw Joey play in high school. I think Jack has that kind of talent. And I think he has that kind of mentality. So, you know, the, the guy that's got all the talent in the world that works his tail off, works harder than everybody else, cares more than everybody else, well, that guy never, he never loses. So Jack Sawyer, to me, he's the third Bosa. And I'm expecting that type of career at Ohio State out of Jack if he stays healthy. Talking with Bill Green, Buckeye Scoop, as we hit you with Ohio State's 2021 class. So this has all changed, right, with the early signing period, and it seemed like things were fairly locked in today. Were They were maybe anticipating a surprise that they didn't get, Bill. Was that correct, from the uh, the linebacker? Yeah, they were hoping to get John Davis out of California. Um, he did sign with USC, and that was pretty much expected. He visited with his family, you know, maybe 10 days ago, but, you know, he couldn't – it wasn't an official visit. Had Ohio State been able to conduct the official visits like we've had in the past, where he spends 48 hours on campus, meets with the academic people, meets with the real-life Wednesday people, sits in Ryan Day's office, spends time with Al Washington, tours the facility, tours the stadium, meets the current players on the team. Had that have happened, I think they could have signed that kid. You know, their, their success record when they had these late official visits it was unbelievable under Urban, and Ryan Day's doing the same thing. So they were kind of hamstrung when the kid and his parents came to visit. I mean, they could tour the city, and they could walk around campus. And they did meet with some of the freshmen, but it's not the same as the true official visit. And I think Ohio State lost that one probably by an eyelash. I mean, they were right there. Al Washington did a great recruiting job, you know, from a couple thousand miles away, and he couldn't conduct the official visit. And so they kind of had one hand behind their back when trying to battle, you know, the home state school in USC. We were talking, you know, before we brought you on, Bill, you know, about the running back situation and what that could look like next year because there's guys already on campus that have been around for a little bit and contributed on the field. There's also some guys that have been around that haven't for whatever been able for whatever reason been able to get on the field due to injuries and things like that. Travion Henderson's a big name. I remember when he committed to Ohio State, that really got a lot of people excited. Is he going to be in the mix, in your opinion, come next season? Yeah, I think he will be. Um, again, you know, Master Teague is kind of a guy that I don't think a lot of Ohio State fans are all that excited about, but I think he's a heck of a player, and I think there's a role for him and a spot for him. And then we really haven't seen Marcus Crowley yet at 100% health. They kind of got him going there against Alabama, but, you know, he, he needs the full spring practice, the full summer schedule, the full fall. So Marcus Crowley can play, but Travion Henderson – I mean, he's got special skill. I'll tell you right now, he's got everything he needs to be a star at the college level. So he's definitely going to get carries next year. And, you know, he's a guy that could pop. He's got that kind of talent. You know, the speed and the breakaway ability is, you know, probably unlike what anyone else on the roster has. Boy, they are not short on weapons. Whoever is going to be quarterback is going to have them. Talk to me about McCord's uh, high school teammate, Marvin Harrison Jr., Certainly we know the name, and then Amika Agbuka, and maybe who you like the best out of this class. Yeah, with the receivers, the two you mentioned, um, 
are special. They're also getting the kid out of Maslin, Jaden Ballard, who's got exceptional talent. He's raw, and he needs to bring that out, and I think Hartline can do it. Uh, Marvin Harrison would be a little bit more developed, mainly because of his father. He's had the best wide receiver coach, you know, at the breakfast table for the last 17 uh-huh. years. Yeah. Igbuka is the guy that is, you know, he's the one that, that can pop. Um, similar to what we saw this year when they put Jackson Smith and Jigba on the field or Julian Fleming, Igbuka's from that tree. He's that family. Um, I expect him to make a wild play early next year. He, he's a guy that could be an amazing corner. Now, he would never want to hear that, and he would never want to play there, but he's that type of athlete. You know, is a six-one, one hundred and ninety pound guy that could play either side of the ball. Um, I think he'll be a star receiver. So, like you say, I mean, the the Heartline recruiting ability it just keeps coming and coming. So when you walk into this receiver room, you had better be ready. You know, to work your tail off, and you better be ready to wait your turn because the the room is stacked, and they just added to it again this year. It is loaded, man. It absolutely is. That's for sure. Asked you about one defensive guy and Jack Sawyer off the top. Any other names on the defensive side of the football that you like, uh, really like within this class? Yeah, I think, you know, from what we saw all year and then kind of culminated in the Alabama game, they're a little lacking in that defensive backfield. And they're bringing in two four-star corners, uh, Ja'Kalen Johnson out of Missouri, Jordan Hancock out of Georgia, these kids are, you know, they're like the old Ohio State cornerbacks, you know, going back three or four years. You know, when you're bringing in Jeffrey Okuda and Damon Arnett and Denzel Ward and Marshawn Lattimore, these are those kind of guys. So, now, can they play next year? I don't know about that. That's asking a lot of true freshmen. But at some point, you know, we're going to see J.K. Johnson and Jordan Hancock out there doing their Denzel Ward and Marshawn Lattimore imitation so they needed corners really bad they got two beauties in this class all right before we cut you loose i know they have another big remaining priority correct a guy that's going to take his decision to april uh the big defensive end out of washington state correct yeah jt to him below out um they're in great position to land him you know i know he's got University of Washington on his list. He's a Washington State guy. He's not going there. Um, Oregon's kind of in the mix, and I think they're fighting an uphill battle, too. I think this comes down to Alabama and Ohio State. He has been to Bama before when he was younger. Um, He's never been to Ohio State before, and I think that's the reason he's delaying right now. He really wants to be able to take visits. And, you know, there's talk that things could possibly open up in April. Um, so we'll see on him. If, I, I think this is going to come down to relationships, as it always does in recruiting. And I love where Ohio State's position here. Uh, Hartline was actually the one that got in on that early when he was in the state recruiting Emeka Buka. And then Larry Johnson and Ryan Day, there's some great relationships there with JT. And he, also you have Emeka Buka from state of Washington, going to be at Ohio State, G. Scott, Junior is at Ohio State. G. Scott Sr. is familiar with. So I think there's a kind of a connection there with the Ohio State coaches and then these other people from the state of Washington that are going to make it really comfortable for JT to a Malolau. And, you know, you put a gun to my head today, I think Ohio State's going to get that kid. And to me, when I watch the film, I've never seen him in person, but when I watch the film, I see Cam Hayward, inside or outside. 
That's big comparison, and that is, as they say, high praise. And we'll give you the same. Bill Green from Buckeye Scoop. Thanks, buddy. Great job, and we'll talk to you soon. Anytime, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Bill. Bill was on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Check out all that recruiting stuff at BuckeyeScoop.com. When we come back, we'll play a little truth and then torts bottom of the hour hockey and hounds. Rothman and Ice on the fan. The undisputed leader in talking about nothing. Common Man and T-Bone. Weekday afternoons from 3 to 6. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Tell the truth with Rothman and Ice. All right, CB, lay them on us. All right, so you guys talked a little bit about it earlier, but reports are suggesting that Derek Carr is a hot commodity on the trade market. At least teams are checking in with them. What's a good landing spot for him if the Raiders do move him? First of all, I mean, what is he trying to sell high on him? Because that's what it would sound like to me. Because he came off a really good year. They got Mariota as a safety net. And they could be trying to swing something for Deshaun. And that's what we're reading. Now, I don't know whether they're putting this out to the trial balloon. It's probably so. Las Vegas Journal Review is out there, which maybe they're involved in a trade for Watson. Trade with somebody. We'll give up Carr. You give us a couple first-rounders. Then we'll add some first-rounders to the mix and throw everything we can at, at, at Houston. It's possible. I think Derek Carr, honestly, Matty, he's their Baker Mayfield, right? They could build their defense, and you could have some weapons improve, rugs and company, and keep Derek Carr. But if you're asking me the landing spot, it's the Indianapolis Colts, where we had Stafford going. That's where Derek would want to go and have that line and compete with that team that's a little more ready-made. He's got two years left on his deal with no guaranteed money, and the cap hits are really nice. $22 million and $19 million as a starting quarterback. You'll take that all day, especially with where the market is at, at the moment. But how does Bill not make this call? How does Bill not try to get in on the Derek Carr sweepstakes mm-hmm. here? Because I have no idea what they're doing at quarterback, but I know for a fact that Derek Carr is better than Jared Stidham. Do they bring Cam back? I don't know. But if I'm New England i got to make this call, especially with where the money is right now for Derek Carr. You can't handle the truth! All right, let's get one quick one because it's the anniversary 13 years ago today, the David Tyree catch in that Super Bowl game. I want to know, where does that rank for you in Super Bowl moments? Wow, this is a, this is a topic right here, CD. Mm-hmm. You know what, man? It's not very high for me, mm-hmm. but obviously my Ravens beating the Niners was a heck of a moment with the lights going out in the league trying to hand the trophy to the 49ers but we weren't having it but I'll never forget where I was where Malcolm Butler picks off Russell Wilson it's just unbelievable how shocked I was that that moment happened so that to me is very high up Malcolm Butler picking off Mr. Unlimited can't believe it they are right, as moments go David Tyree's helmet catch is the moment Let's not just throw that away. Yeah, I mean, that's Eli does, breaking contain. Uh, that's does nothing for me. The way no. he caught that pass Pure in, in the big game at that moment, oh, I think it's up there. I think it's because the team that he caught it for, we have no affection for. And that's maybe why it's down on your list. But that thing is there. Um, you know, I was at the Super Bowl where John Elway went airborne, you know, the helicopter. Oh, wow. That, that was yeah. pretty awesome. But I think I'm going to – I'll keep it a Buckeye-related. I think Santonio Holmes, that catch, that picture rings in my mind. That, that's a final drive by the Steelers. That, that's, a, that's his touchdown. That's in the corner. Kept his feet in, the taps. That's it for me. That, that's a pretty big one. 
Uh, but there are a million moments that we'll keep going as we go throughout the week. Uh, we'll have Torts on bottom of the hour and try to examine what's going on with the Jackets and if he found anything that he can hang his hat on. You can hang your hat on with T-Mobile. The network is the real deal. Amazing. I'm new to it. I've been with another carrier for a long time. Just got hooked up with T-Mobile, and I'm loving it. Not sure if you knew this. T-Mobile and Sprint, merge action. And now it's the best network ever. It's right here in Columbus. They've added a million square miles of expanded LTE coverage across the country. They've got more engineers, towers, more coverage than ever before. So T-Mobile is with me, and it should be with you in even more places. And that's right here in CBUS. Never been a better time to join T-Mobile. All the free stuff. They are so customer-obsessed. They've cranked up the speed. I told you about upgrading 1,000 towers a month with ultra-capacity 5G, and they were first to bring that nationwide. Coverage is not available in some areas, so visit T-Mobile.com to learn more. Hockey and Hounds. Bottom of the hour with torts. Rothman and Ice on the fan. Head to 971thefan.com to listen on demand and subscribe to all our podcasts. Wasting time has never been easier. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Hockey, hockey, and hounds. Release the hounds. With Columbus Blue Jackets head coach John Tortorella. Brought to you by Ohio Credit Union. All right, that time of the week, and we love hooking up with the head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets. He's John Tortorella for Hockey and Hounds. Torts. Welcome back in. Hey, Anthony, Maddie, how are you? We're doing okay. We're doing okay. A uh, little bit of a gut punch last night. Uh, certainly you guys wanted to come back home and get right. Uh, you had Line A in the lineup, and my goodness, I, I know he makes a difference with everything he, he does. Uh, I want to get your impressions on him. And then his post-game uh, press conference, you know, I think he wanted to be the ultimate team guy. I, his personality, he said that, Almost towards he said he didn't want to hog the puck. He wanted to get guys involved. He, not like he wanted to come in the first game and say, let me do it all. What did you sense from how he was acclimating himself last night? Yeah, and this is a guy that hasn't skated for, you know, really within a practice for a couple of weeks now. And um, I, I thought he handled himself really well. The, the, the thing that I noticed right away and, uh, I've been told by Yamo about this already. He can pass a puck. Uh, he, he's known for shooting, obviously. Uh, he's a prolific goal scorer, but I like the way he passed the puck and, and how he sees the ice. Uh, by no means is his timing there, is his conditioning there, but he still made a difference when he's on the ice, even uh, even t- you know these past couple weeks where he really hasn't had much practice time at all. You know, Coach, when you go into, you know, the end of the second period there and Dallas is turning it on, I'm always interested in a coach's mindset and a message to a team in those moments because obviously you're dealing with professionals and I'm sure there's a level of responsibility you put on their plate to handle certain things. But when you go in the dressing room in that moment, Coach, how did you handle that? What was the message to your guys there? In between the second and third, uh, I just wanted us to play. Uh, and that's basically what I told them. I said, we have to figure out uh, and get some consistency within our game. We're just so disjointed. Uh, I, I said, I'm not going to fill you with a bunch of thoughts. I just want us to play and try to be the best you can be and try to play ourselves out of it, out of the in- inconsistency that we have really right from the get-go this year. So uh played better. I saw some guys, I, I think uh, – the power play, we moved the puck in the power play pretty well. Jonesy scored. Max moved the puck pretty well in the power play. I think it helped his third period. 
Um, we're just, you know, we're mm-hmm. we're disjointed, and and we don't have uh, a lot of guys going. Uh, there's some good things going on with the Robinsons, the Texiers, uh, Delzado, and Kukan. Uh, our goaltending, some really good things in in that sphere of players, but our t- we just got to get more top guys going. Did you get caught there a little bit? I mean, when Jonesy scored, and I agree, and that, made, that you really settle in there. A weird game. You have to. You get the four minute. You get the double minor. When you try to define what's the difference between a mistake and something that's just hockey, like is the, is Borky's high stick a mistake or is that just hockey? And then when Ben gets loose in front for that deflection, is that a mistake or is that just? Puck luck. I'm just curious when you examine stuff from last night, what you can put in the hey, that's hockey category, and then the mistakes that really do stay with you that you have to fix. Yeah, there were mistakes, and then this hockey. Anthony, I think the biggest thing that that we have to cure here is is and it's something that that we have lived by for the past three or four years and. We, we have to find, we have to get back to our identity. We, we really, we're playing like we don't know who we are. And, uh, you know, there are a lot, you know, and that's why I yanked Corpy out of there, because there are so many crazy goals, a couple of deflections by Pavelski, one of the best in the business. Uh, and, you know, uh, Miko bats one out of the air, mm-hmm. goes right on Pavelski's stick, he slides it across, it's in our net. There are some crazy things going on there. But we're but we need you know we can complain about Jonesy and Z and our top four not playing well, but we have to get established within our four checking game. We we have to spend more time in the opposition's end zone, and, and I think that's when we get some flow. So uh, I, you know, we're we're not we're not who we are. We 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 need to decide who we are and play to it, and. Uh, you know, I changed the lines a little bit today. I got a line of uh, Koivu, Polino, and Jenner. That that kind of gives you an identity. Uh, that that line will have an identity. It's going to be a hard line to play against. I'm not sure if it's going to be successful, but it's going to be hard to play against. And, and we we need to kind of band together that way. And hopefully, our game follows that way. And because uh, uh, we we just. We're just so inconsistent, and we, we just have really no really good flow within our game at all. You know, Coach, I, I wanted to ask you about some of the pairings on, on D there with Seth and, and Delzato and, and Savard and, and Zach. Is that something that you want to continue to feel out, or are we going to go back to some of the things we saw originally with, with how Seth and Zach were matched up there? Yeah, we want we wanted to. I don't like getting too far away from eight and three together. I really don't. You know, and, and I don't want to talk out of both sides of my mouth. We want to get back our identity. That's a huge part of our identity is eight and three. Yeah, uh, basically uh, being our engine as far as how we play the game, how we get out of our end zone, and everything that comes with that. Uh, so uh, it's been a struggle, uh, and not just those two. Uh, Savvy and Gabby have had you know some inconsistencies. You know, the good news is, like I said. The signing of Delzato has been a very good signing because he's played really well, and Kukan continues to improve. So uh, we're just gonna, uh, you know, I, I put eight and three back together uh, today because I, uh, you know, I, I tell them I, you know, we need to simplify our thinking and get to our identity. 
I have to act accordingly also, and and because those two guys are very important to who we are, and uh, so yeah, we're, they're, they're going to be paired back together. We're going to go right back to the pairs, uh, but we, you know, that's the decision I have to make, guys. Do I keep on going back and forth, changing lines, this and that, or do we just simply have to play through it and find it that way? And uh, it's hard to kind of get your lines together when so many people aren't going. And so I'm, I'm just hoping I'm hoping we get some sort of uh, confidence with the puck, and it, it certainly starts with our forechecking. We're a, we're a forechecking team. We need to get that straightened out, and then maybe the other offensive parts of, the, of our game will come. Yeah, it looked like Dallas maybe got you off a little early with the way they were forechecking, kind of took a page out of your book and maybe uh, uh, came right at you. I don't know whether the guys were surprised by it or they didn't match the energy uh, or intensity, but it certainly came really fast. That's a good team. I mean, that team went to the finals. They're very well coached, and that's a hard team. And and I'll tell you right now, they're licking their chops. The, these two games, when you play mm-hmm. back, you know, you play the team twice, they're looking at licking their chops, and they're they're coming in here to take two of these because they it wasn't that hard a game for them last night, and they're saying, well, if this is the way it's going to be, let's go at them again. I think that's a very important thing for us. Uh, let's not even talk about the result of tomorrow. I, I just think we need to be a harder team to play against, and uh, you, you know, we, the the lack of energy in buildings and all that. Yeah, that's great. It's there. All teams go through it. We got to find a way to to get to our identity without people in the building. As far as giving you juice, do you still have to? It's so early with Patrick Lineade. Do you have to? Do you find anything you may have liked either from last night or into practice today, where you may uh, where you want to put him on, on, or who you want to put him with, rather? Yeah, I had him. I had him with Tex, but uh, I. I uh, he he played pretty well when I changed the lines and I put him with Jack, uh, and Jack's been a you know we forget about him as far as this deal. Jack has played very well for us. Uh, he can skate. He's made some plays. I thought they played pretty well, but you know what, guys? I, I'm I'm going to give Max a chance with him. I think Max has had terrible a terrible struggle. He's had a it's been a tough start for him with us. But you know this guy had uh, 72 points two years ago, 50 55 points I think. Uh, uh, last year, uh, you know, he can play, so I'm, I'm going to give him a chance and, and see where it goes. And, and I do think in, in, in watching Liney, I think Liney's going to make players better, too. It, it, it's, uh, uh, we, 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 we were fortunate to have that with Brett. As a winger, it doesn't happen that often where they drive the offense and make other people better. Brett did that for us. I think Liney has the ability to do that, so we'll see where it goes from there. Yeah. I uh, wanted to uh, highlight a, a couple things today for Hockey and Hounds because I think it's really, really important. Uh, we are finally getting the Arctic blast of winter, and it's going to come really uh, – it's going to get bitterly cold. It already has been, but it's going to get into the single digits, I think, into Sunday and maybe into Monday overnight. And I just want to remind people about this, uh, about keeping your eyes open and – and helping us help these animals not suffer out in the cold and make sure they have adequate shelter. And if you see a dog out in the cold, whether it's tethered or, or not, um, keep an eye out. And if you see a problem, take a picture. Take a picture and make sure um, you can send it to Columbus Humane and you can get it to us so we can investigate it. 
Uh, our number is 777-PETS. Very easy. 777-PETS, area code 614. And then it's extension 250. So 777-PETS is the number to remember. Extension 250 gets into our criminal investigations department. And so it's very, very important. Um, we certainly, I know certain breeds do better in cold weather. Um, but we're not a, we've domesticated animals so well that we want to make sure that uh, we help them. And so we, they're required to have access to shelter, especially if they're tethered. I mean especially. And so um, there's a Columbus City law that you cannot tether an animal between 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about bitterly cold weather and making sure that these animals are taken care of because uh, we have to be their voice. So if there is a weather advisory, which I'm sure there will be as far as where the temperatures are going to go this weekend, I want people to know there's a number they can call. Take a picture if you can and uh, email Columbus Humane. Or just make sure we get the information because that's the important part, and then we'll investigate it and, and see if we can remedy the situation. So you and I go through this every year, Coach, and you know, luckily winter is kind of held off here until February for the most part. But it's going to be very important, especially going into this weekend. I want people to be aware there's a number they can call, and we can't be everywhere, so they have to be our eyes. Yeah, it, it, whenever I look at the weather, that's what I think about as, as far as those animals. And like my wife and I, we it, even if you're not sure, call. It, it, you, maybe you made a mistake and, you, and the animal was going to be taken care of just fine. But I... I call, as you said, call if, you, if there's any doubt at all, because it... it I mean, I'm looking at the, the temperatures. It's frightening how cold it's going to be for these animals. Yeah, so we'll make sure make sure any type of uh, shelter out there has a windbreak on it and make sure that you keep an eye. And, and unfortunately, this is what we have to do, so we'll keep doing it until the problem goes away. Wanted to highlight a dog before I cut you loose here. Um, we're still working on Sermon from over there, Pro Dogs Ohio, but here's a dog that has been at Union County Humane Society for 240 days. Um, it's a pit terrier mix. He's a male. He's four to five years old. He's been at the shelter for that long. We need a foster or forever home. And, and the beauty of it is that um, he, they're going to help us with whatever he needs. Well, he's got some allergies which require medication. Union County is willing to provide that medication. They'll also provide follow-up care for vet, from their vet staff. Not many shelters are willing to do that. Um, he loves the walks, loves car rides, loves hanging out, loves his toys. Uh, we want to make sure he gets into a good home, and his name is Dash. And Dash, we're going to put him in a home with no cats to start with, and he gets along with most dogs, so that shouldn't be a problem, but we'd like to have him around dogs a little more laid back and a little more calm. And so I'll put him out today, Dash, at Union County Humane Society. He's been there almost 240 days, so it's his time. And he was highlighted during the Santa Paws event. He's a sweet boy, and he's been there too long, so we want to get him a forever home. So uh, Union County Humane Society is the place to contact for Dash, and we hope to get him home soon. Keep banging away, Anthony. Yep, going into the bullpen again, too. So we'll, uh, we'll get this out to some of the people that <laughs> inquired about the other dogs and see if they can step up for Dash and Sermon. So... Thanks, Coach. Rally the troops. Get them ready for Thursday because you know what's coming. And uh, we'll talk yeah. to you next week. All right, guys. Be well. Be safe. Thanks, you Coach. Too. John Tortorella, Hockey and Hounds.
Brought to you by Tell Higher Credit Union, putting people ahead of profit since 1934. We'll come back with a NFL two-minute drill after this. Rothman and Ice on the fan. A media legend and a spiky shoulder-padded ex-linebacker. And their dumb producer, Bishop and Laurinaitis. Weekday mornings from 9 to noon. The fan. Just a couple of guys whose love for fantasy sports may exceed their love for real sports. This is Rothman and Ice. All right, wrap it up with the drill in a moment. Encouraging our dudes out there to make their health a priority this year. Easier than you think at Low T Center. Reinventing the doctor's visit. Quick, easy, get all your levels checked. One-stop shopping at the old Low T Center for us guys. That's what we need, the comprehensive health assessment. Go in there and get all your numbers important to your health. I get it. It's been tough, tired, grumpy, lack of motivation and drive. Put on some LBs. Uh, They can help determine the cause of your symptoms and help you get back to feeling your best. It may be low T, it could be low thyroid, or even sleep apnea. It all starts with their quick and easy health assessment, and you'll get that all done, and it's covered by most health insurance. So get to LowTCenter.com right now to schedule your health assessment. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. NFL 2-Minute Drill. It's time for the NFL 2-Minute Drill. Sponsored by Dr. Mark Levy. Stop snoring and start sleeping now. Visit sleepbettercolumbus.com today. All right, Antonio Brown will practice on a limited basis today. So I don't know if the arrow's completely up, Matty, but it's going in the right direction. Yeah. He was doubtful on their first injury report, and now he's back, and his status for Sunday's game is kind of up in the air. We talked to Shefty about it, but the trend is the right way. And they're probably being very careful to avoid any setback. Yeah, I think it's a smart way to go about it, and it's crazy. It's a knee, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay, it right. is a knee for sure. And it's just crazy because, like, mentally when I hear about Antonio Brown, we know how great he has been for the majority of his career. But when it comes to this current situation, it's kind of something I refer to when you talk about the big brains in college football where you have a guy go down, but mentally you go to a place where I call it the five-star effect. Where you're like, oh, we got another four or five-star guy coming in. He can come right in and plug and play. That's what Tampa's got going on, and that's how I view this Antonio Brown situation. It's all the other weapons that they still have to go to that makes this an easier thing for them to handle. So, of course, you want Antonio Brown out there on the field if he can go, but I'm not looking at this as a situation saying, look, man, if the Bucks don't have Antonio Brown, they're in real trouble. I'm not seeing it that way. No. Uh, the Vegas Raiders wanted their phone to ring. That's my guess on this because the Las Vegas Review-Journal – has written about multiple teams expecting to pursue a trade for Derek Carr. I didn't mm. know that the market was that big for him. I know he's, they, they could be selling high because he has played well. That's how I'll view this. The Raiders are trying to dangle him to sell high. And if they can get some, I mean, they're asking for multiple first-round picks over a couple years. His contract, as you pointed out, which I thought was smart, is very tradable. Yeah, He'd only cost them a couple million bucks in dead cap if they get rid of him. And anybody that gets him will have two years of him at about $20 million per. Yeah. All non-guaranteed, by the way. Mm. So I think this is a sell-high situation for the Raiders. Let's dip our toe in the water. Let's see if we can get our phone to ring. If we can deal him for some draft picks and add to our pool. We've got Marcus Mariota in the Alert 5 fighter. We can launch him if we need to. Yeah. Now, he's due $11 million this year, Mariota. He would be their, ba- their, their bridge dude. But if they can flip Carr and get picks and add to their own picks and then go all push their chips in the middle for Deshaun, 
I'm not discounting that that story is real, but I think it comes from, as they say in the movies, the call is coming from inside the house. <laughs> right, right. This is interesting. It really is interesting to me because I remember the game where Mariota had to come in for Carr in that game against the Chargers, and Mariota, he played well. I get it. It was one game, but we know that Marcus Mariota is more than capable of being a starting quarterback. But if you can get Deshaun Watson, you'll get Deshaun Watson. But I would love to pick John Gruden's brain right now on what the heck he wants to do with these quarterbacks because Marcus Mariota ain't no slouch, and I think he is better than a backup hmm. right now at his career, and he's still young, only 27. So we'll see what's up with that. Not the biggest Derek Carr guy. He did play pretty well last year, but if you're Deshaun, that's a pretty nice location, too, because you mentioned Ruggs earlier. We know Darren Waller yeah. is a baller, and then uh, Jacobs coming out of the backfield, too, can get the job done. So that would be a lot of fun to see uh, Deshaun Watson go there, too, and yeah. he looks really clean in that black and silver. I already know he would kill that uniform. Don't sell Carr short. He's a tremendous slouch at times. <laughs> It's just your average slouch. I, Tom I Brady. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, I wanted to run this by you because yeah. it's something that we've talked about uh, a few times now. Uh, NFLPA executive director DeMarie Smith, he doesn't see any scenario that would get the Super Bowl moved. And maybe we can mm-hmm. touch on this a little bit more tomorrow, but he kind of touches on some of the things that we've addressed mm-hmm. with how they've gone throughout the season. And he's pretty much saying that he didn't think it would be fair to the other guys involved and the other players that have played throughout the season to hold things off for one or, or two guys. So it's interesting. I doubt they do it now, but I, as I brought up earlier this week, quarterback or bust for me. I'm not talking about Tyreek or Kelsey or anybody on the other side. Yeah. I'm talking about the QBs. We have the legend against the legend in the making. And I'm just telling you, before the year started, the league talked about extending and moving the Super Bowl to March. They talked about it. Now, we've arrived and we've made it here with no problems, and Brady's kicked his family out of his house, and we all know... <laughs> how serious he is but just so i i'm i'm you know what glad they reacted to it because that that got us ahead of the game because i kind of knew now we're inching closer so it shouldn't be a problem now maybe the better story and we'll, we'll end on this is cb told me the forecast for sunday in tampa is what drenched uh 71 with 75 percent chance of rain see that's what i don't want give me how long we don't know Give me Chad Henney and Blaine Gabbert over mm. a rain-soaked game. Like, I'm out oh, on that. Oh, come on. No yeah, way. I, no I don't way. want any elements. I don't, I don't care want any if it's elements. 75 and no. sunny. No, I, I'd rather Henney. have Mud Bowl 2021 with Mahomes and Brady than I would <laughs> no. Gabbert against Henney. What is give this, me, preseason? Give me the Henney thing as possible, bowl. man. Oh, my goodness. All right, Anything more tomorrow. Possible. We'll come back. What is tomorrow? Thursday? I don't even know. Well, I thought it felt like <laughs> Friday. <laughs> that sucks. All right. Common Man and T-Bone take over. Rothman and Ice on the fan.